0: Love Talk Radio.
1: You guys on?
2: Hello? Yes. Yep. I am on. Eli is on.
0: And Johnny is on.
2: Johnny. How are you guys? I'm doing well.
1: Hanging in there. I, I appreciate you guys, uh for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show, man. Uh, I appreciate it once again. Um so uh before we started before we speak about this, uh the longest uh, election in the world. Um, I want to um, touch bases on, if I can, um, the mental health aspect of all of this. Um, and, Johnny, if I can start with you, man, um, can you give us a little insight, man, on uh, from a mental health uh, perspective, man, on um, how, man, and how this has affected all of us, man, from the mental health um, aspect of it? I'll say overall, this whole
0: year alone has affected our mental health. Even as myself being a professional in this field, um, I, you know, we experienced – well, I actually experienced like some mental health issues and moments where I had to like, you know, take a break, take some deep breaths, do some coping exercises because this whole year we've been through a lot of turmoil from the pandemic um, So now dealing with this election, and I know all of us in unison, regardless of what race or gender that we are, we are experiencing something, and this is a time that we could be able to open up and say that we are dealing with something. We are dealing with grief. We are dealing with loss. We are dealing with sadness. We are dealing with anxiety. Anything that you can think of, this is a time that we could be able to be open up and say it. And not be afraid to say it. And before, and I can say this, before, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that, it goes into history in terms of mental health where individuals were afraid to say, you know, what's really going on or saying what's on their mind and stuff because they don't want to be criticized or they don't want to be chastised because of standing up for themselves and saying that they need help. But now you see with what we're going through currently, people are being aware and still working on it and being able to open up and say that I need help. I need to release my emotions. I need to do something so I could be maintain stability in life.
1: Absolutely. Um before I, before we continue with the, uh, the mental health uh, aspect, um, I want to still want to touch basis on the mental health, and what I mean is that um, on previous um, on a previous panel that I did, I spoke about um, law enforcement um, dealing with people with uh, mental health issues, and um, so recently, I believe, let I me mean, give me I have my notes in front of me. Uh, I believe it was in Philadelphia, where mm-hmm. the, um, the 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 individual, the guy, had a knife. And the officers uh, killed him when um, he refused to put the knife down. But my thing is this. Um, what I learned um, is that when a police officers aren't trained to um, keep your life, I'm not saying they, uh, even when they're going through their training at the academy, it's the chest in the head. When they go to the gun range, it's the taught to shoot in the head and in the chest. My thing mm-hmm. is this: I mean, yes, the officers may have not known that this individual had a mental health uh, situation going on, but in I mean, at the end of the day, police officers are human beings just like everyone else. Is. So, and my thing is this: do they? We they? I'm sure everyone has a conscience. Everyone has a soft side where, hey, listen, man, this man's not putting out a knife. Listen, why don't we just shoot him in the leg or the arm so we can get him down? And then that way we'll move further, you know, but no, instead let's to in the minute hit or let's kill him. But that is, but the thing about it is that's, I find that wrong, but then again, we have the protesting going on, then we have the, where we want to destroy the town, the area that we live in. I mean, and it's, and I say this uh, the last time that I did, When it, this is a, a continuation, a continuation. Everybody talks about it, Everybody has panels about it. But it's the same thing going on, going on continuously, and nothing is being done about it. It's either the, the officers are being let off or all of them aren't being charged, or if they're being charged, it's, it's like a slap on the wrist and they'll be home soon. So, I mean, these are people's families. I mean, we speak to uh, think about the um, Brianna Taylor situation. Her family was paid twelve million dollars. They took the deal. I guess, in my opinion, I was told that it was so for them to shut up. And you know, hey, they got twelve million dollars. We are a very poor family. We can do a lot with this twelve million dollars. I guess, but I mean, we. I, my opinion, I think the office law enforcement should be trained on how to deal with people with mental health issues, because. Some, some of them can't. Some of them don't, you know, right from wrong. Some of them can't. That's why they have individuals to look after them. But if they go and wander off, they don't deserve to be shot and killed. I, I find that, you know, I find that horrible. Um, Eli, if I could start with you. But Eli, are you still there?
2: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Yeah, can I get your thoughts on that, man?
2: Um, so, for me, um, it's obviously a lot of um situations that's happened in 2020 itself. Um, and even before. Um, So just on, you know, that case specifically, um, I think you're right. I think, you know, when people with mental issues, um, they're still humans at the end of the day. So they deserve to be treated as such. Even if you don't know that particularly dealing with that man or woman, you know, I think the the proper thing should be Mm de-escalation. And at the same time, you see, A lot, I I know from at least my experience, I've seen a lot of or more of black men getting shot with mental health issues than you have somebody uh, or, you know, a white male. Like that situation wouldn't happen the same. They tend to live from a situation where they're facing a cop and they have mental health issues and something is wrong. Like either they killed somebody or did something wrong to where they would have a run in with the cops. So I think even on that aspect, I think, you know, just having that training, just having that background of, you know, de-escalating situations and dealing with males or females with – not females, but women with mental health issues is very important, especially with the world we're living in now. There's a lot going on, and people are trying to deal with that. Their families are trying to deal with that. And so if you have, like you said, somebody that wanders off and they run into a situation with the police, like, will they die and not be taken care of properly, so that's kind of my view on it. I think more training on de escalation um, and dealing with people with mental issues is very important for the police to try to really enforce that and really try to reform the training process so this doesn't you know reoccur and happen a lot. Hey, can I can I chime in on Can I chime in on this too as well?
0: Sure. Um, sure. Even with the. With the Walter Wallace situation, the situation happened in front of his family. Um, this Another situation happened like this before, um, I think it was last year, It's the same situation with a, an adult, a black male adult in State College, and he had a mental health issue, and he was, you know, wandering on his own, and the police automatically, you know, shot and killed him. And... I agree with what Eli said that the law enforcement does need training on de-escalation in mental health. But also, if they feel as though they're not inadequate to deal with someone that has a mental health issue, they should have, like, more, you know, backup or have somebody that's competent with mental health to be able to de-escalate the situation. So, like, for example, with the situation that happened at State College, they shouldn't have to kill that individual. If they see that that person is going through a mental health state, they should have had someone like a, a, crisis, you know, a crisis worker or a therapist or a social worker by their side to be able to de-escalate the situation. Same thing with what happened in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. They should have had someone to be able to de-escalate that situation that's able to identify that saying, okay, this is a mental health situation. This is nothing, you know, major. And that would have been able to, you know, we won't be able to have to deal with two deaths of two black men. They now they just a list added on to the list for something that they didn't do. And what's more hurting too with that aspect is that they had a mental health issue. Absolutely.
1: Um but that being the case, um, I mean, I, I think there's more training needs to be done, and I think it needs to be looked into because it, it seems like it's going to be an ongoing situation, and these are only going to get worse. And we have to protect those who have mental health issues and because it's important. And, I mean, right now we're living in a mental health society right now where everybody is going, everyone is going through some type of anxiety, some type of stress due to what's going on, and... Um, again, we we we're we're in our second wave of this uh, coronavirus, and um, it's it's a second wave, and and I mean the head, doctor Fauci, was oh, he had coronavirus, and he works with the CDC, so I mean that tells us a lot. So we all have to, I mean, we have to, in my opinion, we all have to use. Our our self judgment to, to to some degree because we can't always follow by what they tell us to do. Because here's the thing, if I and I said this, if in fact the news the media comes on they said, okay, the coronavirus is at a low level, everybody, we can go back to we can go back to this new normal. You don't always have you don't have to wear your mask anymore. Just wash your hands. And I guarantee you, ninety percent of us will go back. Okay, we don't have to wear a mask. We can go back outside. But how do we know that it's safe to do that? Um, You guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now, to this um, to this election that's going on right now, and we still it still hasn't been uh, um, a winner announced for his presidency goes, but. it's just so I was watching. I was looking at. Uh, I was at the CNN studio uh, last night, and so Trump announced that the election to stop. He's the winner, and um, if in fact, if he fact that he found found out that something's crooked going on, he wants the, uh, the United States Supreme Court to get involved. I find that very, I don't know, I find it very crazy. So what do you guys think about this uh, whole presidential election process going on? Either one of you can start, it doesn't matter.
2: Um, I'll, I'll chime in. So for me, it's just like, it, it seems so sort of surreal, like how, like, it just seems surreal that this is actually happening, like that people are still voting for him. There are so many red states, like, it's just crazy to really see and like hear the reasoning, you know, behind why people are voting and voting for him and voting for Trump specifically, um, and the reasons why this is going on. Because at the end of the day, I think especially for a black man or woman, I think, I think for voting for Trump, under two circumstances: one, besides I believe white men and women, he has been racist to every other. Race Or ethnicity Because he has said Something on his Twitter Something through his campaign Something that offended Some other race Besides white men and women I believe mm-hmm. Secondly At the end of the day this When COVID happened He did not handle it the right way And he still has, isn't handling it the right way And we can see that Through the rising cases that are happening now like cases are rising, it's getting colder, and he's not doing anything to halt that. You can see other countries going into like one month lockdowns and closing things back down, but he is still having things like open, or free for people to go. And people are dying like day in and day out. And he's causing so much misinformation and confusion from somebody that's supposed to be leading us. So I think it's just really surreal, you know, that this is happening. And then with him saying that last night or this morning, that's just causing even more confusion and misinformation, especially when you have young voters that are trying to vote and trying to like really learn about the politics and what's going on in our world. Like that can really affect them for years going forward. So it's like, you know, stepping in and then having those initiatives and those people you know, it's really teaching, like, what's really going on and, like, what's really the reality. So I'm I'm hoping that Biden wins just on the fact that I want a leader that is trying to make peace and not more war, not more hate, um, and that respect. So that's kind of my take on it. It's more I can go into, but that's my short take.
0: <laughs> I could say on my end, the election itself is showing people's true colors. And it's showing people's true colors that we actually never seen before. And it's crazy how normally with elections, we normally will find out who, you know, who won the same day after the election is over. But we understand that right now we got to wait until all the melon ballots are counted and stuff like that. But even before the whole melon ballot piece happened, we heard that Trump was trying to stop the mail-in happening for different states and people's mail-in getting lost and stolen and things like that. And that was, you know, chaos. Then you got people like different states that's like not having, you know, particular polling places or like, for example, Texas was like one that was really talked about in the media where they was only allowed to have like one, I guess, one box within one particular county, of it. Somebody, if anybody was doing mail-in ballots. So that was absurd right there. But it's really showing, again, like I said, it's really showing people's true identity, true character. When you drive around, you see who represents what. And it's surprising when you see particular people that you think that you're kind of cool with, and automatically you see who they're with. Even with your own, even within your own kind, it's amazing with social media, with how people are, like, revealing themselves on social media too. It's crazy because of the fact that how you see our own people, our own, you know, African-American men at that particular point, when you see them go on social media and say, yeah, I voted for Trump, yeah, I did, what else are you going to do? That's crazy. It's crazy to me. <laughs> After you see what has been happening with Trump these last four years and currently what's been happening this year, this year, right, alone this year has been a, a rude awakening. And if you didn't really see what's really going on of what's been happening, it's basically saying that it's like to get everybody. I'm just for my you know just for myself or just to the point that i don't care it doesn't matter oh well that that particular mentality
1: oh, absolutely um it's 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 a it's, i mean i i don't know i mean you know i and i i gotta i mean i have some of my brothers in the organization have voted for him. They said, oh, we'll vote for him, man. And, you know, I thought I that he did a good job. But in my opinion, personally, he has not. Um, you know, and if I could go back to the mail in ballots, it, if you guys didn't hear, there was a a postal worker that got arrested because he got caught. Uh, there were over 2,000 mail in ballots that were thrown in the dumpster behind the post office. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I say this. How do those people? Those two thousand votes won't be counted. I mean, they found, but if the per if the uh, the staff that found them, are they going to be accounted for? You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing that we don't know. There, there's so much uh, with this election going on that um, I mean, I don't I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I mean, we say oh my vote was counted, but actually, is it really counted? And another thing is this: the prior to the election, this whole census thing. Um, there were several several states. A lot of the census forms were no, in the trash because they because he said that he didn't want to. He's not going to send funding to certain states if they didn't vote for him during election time. He's going to block all of the funding from the census program that goes to state of New York. Him and the governor of Cuomo were of to a situation, but but the governor of Cuomo said, "Oh no, you don't have the legal rights to do that to block anything that comes to the states. So. I mean, it's so much going on with this. And for him, of course, to say OFO, if he loses, it's that the election has been rigged and um, we're going to go straight to the Supreme Court. Now, mind you, if you guys remember, uh, the lady that just got sworn into the Supreme Court, she took justice, a, a lady that passed away recently, who um, uh, had her, she replaced her seat uh, in the uh, Supreme Court. Now, mind you, a lot of, a lot of the uh, people in the Senate and Congress did not want, they wanted to wait to after the election to get her sworn or to review her for the seat. Um, I don't know much about her uh, based on what I've seen and what referred to the media, but it's a coincidence that he wants to take it to the Supreme Court and that's an individual that was his choice to take over Judge Ginsburg's seat, the one who passed away. Uh, It's just all a coincidence to me, and whether, in my opinion, if if you, if Biden gets a majority of the votes, if he gets to 270 before you do, you lose, you move forward, not to try to go, oh, it was rigged. More people like this individual, they think that he can do a better job. You take your loss and you go, but that's not what Trump is trying to do, and... I mean i don't this is a thing here it's i i don't really see him helping middle class and poor people um and and his if you know and if if he should get another term I don't see him doing that in my opinion but um it's just so much going on and that's and it's all and it's caught and think about it is um this is affecting um if you guys have uh small children. This is affecting them because, they remember, a lot of the kids now are – majority are homeschooled. And the schools were supposed to open back up, I think, in November, or well, this month particularly, but it was a way back, so it's was on the month of January. And it's, it's just so much going on with this whole situation. And the kids, and my little well, next last night asked me, oh, so Trump's going to cheat for the election? Um, So, you know, but so it's just so much going on. What do you guys think about this whole situation?
2: Um, I think, for for this year, one thing I am very uh, proud of, you know, I say for fellow Americans that we, I believe this year, we should probably break records if we already haven't, like for how many people that did vote. But just like if you look left, right, forward, back, it's something about voting. And I Absolutely. think that's very important um, that we have that much signage, that much advertisement, uh, you know, that much, you know, I think even this year is like the most like person to person, you know, talking about like the election, the presidents, like like the different policies, like what's being changed, what's not being changed. Like out of any year, this is the year that has been talked about the most. And I think that's very important, and it's going to change the face of voting and the face of our world, you know, of America for a long, long time. Because, you know, not saying, like, before now, like, nobody cared about voting, but, you know, people are just really seeing, like, the stats and, like, how important, you know, voting is somebody that's going to be really worth our time, you know, resources, and worth, you know, being a president in the office. Like, we, he is, you know, using his authority – and he's really exercising it and trying to do things that he's not supposed to do or that he can do, you know, just by loopholes and things like that. You know, we can see just through, like he's saying, he's trying to um, basically say, like, he's not going to fund them and stop letting things go out to different states for the census. Like, like who does stuff like that? Like that stuff affects us for the next 10 years. So I guess like, I just really want to, you know, kind of point that out, like that voting this year, like it's, I think it's, you know, a really good thing that so many people went out to vote, and so like, hopefully that continues, but also now we have to just really key in on like, who are we voting for? Like, why are we voting for them, and who are we voting for? Because a lot of people I think that's going to vote for Trump, or that did vote for Trump, they're voting because money. They think they're mm-hmm. going to get more money right. voting for Trump, which necessarily won't be the case. Well, it could be, or it couldn't be, like, who knows, but like, I don't think overall, when you look at the, you know, his platform, like, that should be the reason why you vote for him. Like, I think it's more important than worthy things um, that are worth talking about when talking about voting for Trump or voting for Biden or just voting for a president. So, that's kind of my piece.
0: I agree um, with what Eli said, too. This year's voting um, was a big impact. And on the side of, of my end, outside of my profession, I am a member of IOTA by Theta Fraternity Incorporated, and I am one of the co-founders and national coordinator for Much More in the Hashtag, which is a joint initiative that we have with Simi Gamma Rove, Sorority Incorporated. And one of our pillars under our initiative is voter registration. So even though our initiative has been going on for four years now, we saw that it was a big fight of chapters having voter registration events. And getting individuals registered to vote. If it's people that's registering to vote for the first time, or if it's individuals just trying to check and see if their name was still on the ballot, you know, still was eligible and out there to vote, that was a huge impact. And even despite of uh, like the pandemic of not having like face to face events and such, and the chapters got creative and hosted different trainings and webinars through social media, through Zoom and Instagram and things like that, just get people educated and see that it's important to vote. And I think based on my experience, I think this is my first time I actually saw early voting as well. Like people being able to vote vote early before the election, that was a big impact too as well. And even with individuals having the ability to do melambolic, people had an opportunity to say, okay, if you don't want to drop your mail, you know, drop the ballot in your mailbox, you could take it directly right to the elections division office and give it oh, directly to the people to make sure that your vote gets counted. And that's what I did. That's what I did um, this year. I did a mail in ballot and I said, like, you know what? I'm not dropping it in the mailbox. I'm going right to the, um, the elections division office downtown Pittsburgh and drop it off and make sure that it got counted and it got counted. But this year it showed a big impact, and this is going to going to be put into history to say that even though we've been through a pandemic, we showed up and show out the vote. We showed up and show out the vote. Even for first-time voters, it was a, a big impact for first-time voters to, to take a stand and make their voices be heard and show that it's important to use your voice. Absolutely.
1: So, um, it's, um, there has been there. There's currently uh, certain locations where they're they're uh, boarding up their businesses um, to the fact that whoever I this is what they're saying. Whoever wins, there's going to be some type of uh, reaction to it, uh, whether it be Trump supporters, whether it be Biden supporters, that they're gonna be riots. Because maybe Trump's because of whoever wins. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, so I mean, I did see a lot of locations to where they're boarding up their businesses just in case a lot of the uh, support either side uh, retaliates. So I mean, I'm I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I hope that they don't, but you know, I just have to wait and see what happens. But um, it's I find that to be crazy. You know that um, it has come to this. That, you know, right. I, mean, I mean, you know, it, it's sad. It's sad. I mean, that we have that one side doesn't agree with one. I mean, tearing up people's business is a whole other situation going on. I mean, I, I I disagree with that 100% because it doesn't change anything, and it doesn't it doesn't make things change. You only make anything worse by destroying people's business, people that work hard for their businesses, and you're destroying it because of incident that happened. And, and you tear up where you live. I find that pointless because that's where you have to work, that's where you have to shop. It shouldn't be like you set things on fire and I mean don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I don't I'm I mean, I'm not saying do violence, but if you're blowing up the police cars departments, I mean I could care less about that, but I mean, people's businesses that they work hard for, I totally disagree with that one hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I don't you know, I was um and, again, I'm one of those individuals I, I, used to, I used to go out and do when they had the major protests. When I used to be one of those out there that was actually protesting me and for the brothers. But here's the thing. I backed up from it because when they start to shoot rubber bullets, and just because they're rubber, I want to that inform you that those bullets will kill you depending on how it hits you. They can do very serious damage to you. And um, even when they're pepper spray and uh stuff like myself who has asthma, they can kill me one hundred percent. I can go into a very severe asthma attack and die. So a lot of time when I'm invited and in my platform is invited to do any uh, protesting, I find out I find as much information I can about it before I actually let out a shell either to support it. Because the last thing I wanna do is get hit with a rubber of these pepper sprays be attacked by the police department. They do not care because they, I was out there. I have a very close relationship with CNN and MSNBC. We, back when we was out in California about six weeks ago, we showed our credentials and everything, and they said we don't care. We don't want you out here protesting. Go home. Go back to your. Go back to the station. I mean, uh, to my understanding, it was was you know a freedom of speech, but. They don't want to hear that. And again, they're out there to kill. They have they have all this protective gear and this shield on. They, I mean, so when they were coming, they were knocking down kids. And since they did not care, oh, the first one was there, you shouldn't have been standing there. You shouldn't have been out here protesting. So, I mean, I backed off from a lot of that. But is it right? No. And I and I went actually went out there. I spoke to law We're talking to the chief of police, to the commissioner of police. Hey, how can we? talk we come to some type common ground? We don't deserve to be killed We don't deserve to be killed. We don't deserve to be shot. We don't deserve to be shot in the back We don't deserve we don't deserve our houses to be broken into or to be ran into Oh a mistaken identity or I have the wrong house. We don't deserve that. We're human beings. We're not animals And I mean, I, I was out there again uh, right here in, uh, in my hometown of New Jersey I, uh, uh, um, George Floyd's brother Eric Garner's mom. We were out here and we were we went to the town of Elizabeth, uh, New Jersey. We spoke to the mayor, mayor of Newark, New Jersey. We went up uh, to uh, Mayor De Blasio. We had a big meeting with these people because at some time I mean, it needs to stop. I mean, whether these people are, I don't sometimes I don't know if people from a can of paint, but the severe things that's going on, it affects me. I'm gonna tell you right now, personally, no matter who I am. I don't like a police officer at all. I, I tell everybody that. I don't like them. I don't respect them. When they do come upon me, I walk away and keep it moving. I I, I do not because of my first thing when they come up on me, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to get shot. That's the first thing. It's negativity, but I don't want to think that way. How can we change that? And I mean, it, it's it's a lot. I mean, but the thing about it is this here. That we going say defund the police department, but that does not mean to go out and to do reckless things because that does not make it any better so right. I mean a lot a lot has to change, and i mean i uh, this is why I do all these panels and these situations to make my voice be heard or let let the viewers know what the things that need to be done i mean here's again I, I there was a situation that happened in New York and I just so happened to be in the area from in the guy that I know that, you know, the cop is automatically woke up on him, we come out of the uh, store. I just so happened to be there and I said, Listen and I said, um it had group on the ground with you know and I and um and gave him this information, he said, Oh we have the wrong individual, we sincerely apologize. No, that you just did something to the individual. It's a, a simple apology is not you should have killed him. But, you know, so I it was videotaped. And it was, and I called we, me and that individual, his family. Mean, we went to the local, the mayor, and we had a, a long talk. And so that officer has been put on death duty, which I find very suspicious because that, that, you're, that you're defeating a purpose. He still has a job. I mean, he's still going to get a paycheck every two weeks or every week while he's under investigation. In my opinion, he should have been suspended without pay, out seeing the investigation. You know, but so, I mean, it's, and again, as someone said, it's the elected officials that has the power to change laws and to make the change. And that's what we need, good people in office that can make the change. Because we're only one voice, but all of us as as black people need to come together more instead of just every time somebody gets killed or something happens, then we come together. We need to come together more often. We support each other more often. In every situation, but again, you know that that's something that we as ourselves have to work on and um, I have to say this too we as we as black black men, and women, we have to support each other more. let's stop it's, it's easy to put someone down or say something negative about an individual. I was always so you don't have anything positive here about an individual? don't say anything at all I mean 'cause it, i mean it's the you know it, it's i mean it's pointless. So, uh, back to you guys again, um, what do you guys think about this whole situation?
2: Um, So, for me, um, I think you're right. You're saying um, that the elected officials, you know, we have to make sure that we have good elected officials in office to really, you know, make some changes to really um, get, get the ball rolling. And I think that's one major part. Um, of the process. So like like I even like I said this year about voting. I think, you know, this year will really carry over until just talking about, you know, your state elections, you know, for your city, et cetera, et cetera. And once that starts to happen, more people start voting, knowing about different platforms, you'll really start to see this happening. Also, what else seems to happen is obviously with the police, their training needs to change. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what every, you know, what what's every part of their training, but I know it's, I know it's most likely some parts that need to come out, and some new things that need to come, go in, because, like, it's 2020, like, we're in a whole new decade, and it's a lot that's changing. With every new generation, things are changing, and so they have to change with that to be more, you know, to be more empathetic and more understanding of the people they are supposed to be serving, because if they're not, we're going to have the same situations happening just in different just at different times. Like we can see things from that happening in the 1960s, 1970s and it's happening in the 2010s and we feel like that's the same, you know, it's the same situation, but it's just at different times. So if we're not adjusting, you know, this training, you know, and really picking the right people, you know, when going through the training to become an officer, somebody with a lot of power that holds those weapons that are trained to shoot people and to reprimand them when things are happening, then these things will repeat themselves and that will be a problem as well. And just speaking on when we have situations where we have a white male or a white woman or a black male and black woman and they do the same exact crime or they have the same situation but the two results are different. That's what really gets me because at the end of the day, like if they commit the crime, they commit the crime, but one person doesn't deserve to die for it. And the other person, they, you know, get to go through court and go to jail. Like, you know, you never want somebody to die, you know, if they don't have to, obviously, or if it's something that's not right, but, you know, just having that interaction and seeing that happen, it's going to lead a lot of people to go against the police. As you can see, the riots, people boarding up their businesses, et cetera. And I don't agree with that either, but I feel like it's gotten to a point where in the black community. It's like, what else can we do? Our voices are not being heard. Not saying that's right, but it's like we're fed up. So when you're fed up, you kind of blank. You just do what you think is right, or you just do something that causes a reaction. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, you know, you we really have to, you know, take a, a deeper look inside um, and really, like, let's have these healthy conversations. But at the same time, the elected officials and also the police need to step up and do their part as well. So there's so many kind of layers to it. It's kind of hard to dive into everything. But that's just kind of, um, you know, my, my piece about it.
0: I'll say on my end is that, we as individuals, we still need to be stay informed, continue to be informed, and continue to be educated. Um, and I agree that elected officials from law enforcement, even to people that are in offices, need to be informed and be involved as well too. Just because you have a, a particular title, that doesn't mean that you have the power to do anything. You should be able to humble yourself and be involved in the community and see what's going on, see what needs needs to be met, and see how you can make a change and make an impact in your community. If you're in a particular position, or if you're part of you know, law enforcement, and you say your duty is to help others, well, your duty should be to help others, not harm others, not um, destroy others, or look down on others because of your particular position. You should be able to help your community. Especially in a community of where you came from. You should be able to help the community where you came from and not look down on them. Because where the position that you're at right now, you got there based on where you came from. So what it is is that training does need to happen. Accountability needs to happen more so too. Mm. I know I, I know with me as a um as a therapist and other social workers and mental health professionals, when we see something that's not right, we got we talk to our colleague and say, you know, this is not right. This is not what you're supposed to do. We follow, you know, code of ethics. I think other people that's in different positions, they should be able to follow that same concept. If they see something that's wrong, they should call somebody else and say, you know, this is wrong. If they don't want to adhere to what you're saying, then you take it up. You know, take it up to the higher level to say, okay, this is not. I told them what's going on. This needs, you know, need to be done because they're not listening, and stuff like that. So we, everybody, like so different, like bylaws and rules that has to be changed. Accountability has to be shown more. uh, More education within all of us has to be given more, and even with the education piece, allow for everybody to just. Communicate with each other and say, this is what's going on. This needs to be done. Let's get it done
1: together. Absolutely. Um, another thing I want to um, bring up is that um, the mental health, the um, uh, oh my God, so suicide rate has went up since the pandemic has started, and, um, I want to say that um, I've gotten a lot of calls from people who, I mean, we've lost a lot of people to the pandemic from stress. People who killed took they took their own lives, and I mean that I felt that hurts me a lot because even if, if I could if I could save one life, it means a lot. And the last mm-hmm. thing I want to do is. Lose someone if I could have just helped them. Maybe it could have just been a simple conversation. Just just a quick talk, just a quick listen that could have helped someone. Because the last thing you want to do is if someone died, killed themselves. that, I mean, that's a life that's gone. They're not coming back. But if you could have saved that individual. Sometimes it's just a simple conversation. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost you anything. It could just be a couple of seconds. It just be, you could just listen to someone for a few minutes and it could have helped them, they could have released something that you don't even know that could you could have helped an individual. And I mean, I I, I can't say this enough. I mean, I, I find a lot I mean and we need really good mental health professionals out there. And I'm not talking about those ones who just you just go into the office and they're just okay, blah blah blah, blah, okay. Uh, I just sent this is prescription to your pharmacy, and uh, you'll be in. Uh, By the time to get there, it should be done. I mean, but you haven't learned about that individual or what they're actually. You have not listened to them, and I have to also say this: we need to know the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. One does medication therapy, the other one does actual therapy. So I want, so I want to make sure that you get that individuals know the difference between the two. One's a doctor, one's not. So we Mm -hmm. understand that when you go to a psychiatrist, they're doing medication therapy. They're not there while you're talking to them. They're thinking of a medication or a multiple medication to prescribe to you to help you with what you're telling them. Uh, Like a psychologist, they sit there, they do one-on-one therapy, they listen. So in my opinion, I would suggest that you see a therapist or a psychologist first or a social worker first before you jump to a psychiatrist, so that way, because you may not even need medication. I I don't I dislike when someone just ready to put someone on and then on medications because it's, oh I'm stressing, oh you need a, you, oh you need a bill of you need this. So let's just listen to the individual. They may just need therapy for a little bit. They just may need someone to talk to instead of just putting a pill down their throat. That's just my opinion on it. But um, Johnny, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that, man? I
0: agree wholeheartedly with what you say. And I think the main impact more, too, is the children. I work with kids. Mm -hmm. So with with the children that I work with is mainly the main thing that they need the most is they need a good rapport, a good relationship. Once you get a good relationship and that rapport with them, then you could be able to dig deep and figure out what's going on with that child. Um, with the kids that I work with right now, I work with kids in the therapeutic classroom. So I work with kids okay. from first to third grade. I do individual and group therapy. In terms of the medication piece, um, I do work with a psychiatrist as a within the team unit, but we come together as a team to make a decision on if the child needs medication or things like that. And even when we do... Even when I get like referrals, if someone gives me a referral and says, oh, this child needs to be on medi- you know, medication, I'll automatically say, no, the child doesn't need to be on medication right now because we need to see what the root of the problem is. Like you not said, probably. the child might not even need medication. That child just needs somebody, just need an open ears to listen to what's going on. Or that child just needs something where their basic needs need to be met. Or that child needs something that's going on in the home that they need to get sick you know, need to get taken care of before things like that. It's a point that now that we shouldn't have to run to medication to ease the pain. Medication does not ease the pain. Medication is just a a temporary fix. And this is why it's important that when individuals feel as though that they need help that it's okay to go talk to a therapist. It's okay to go to a life coach. It's okay to go to a psychologist. Just to be able to voice what's going on so us as a professional can be able to just be there, be open to air, and figure out what you need so you can get your needs met. And I learned this to this day even in grad school, like even when I was in grad school and now to this day, like the client is the expert. And we're just the guide. We're just guiding them to what they need. The client already knows what they what their needs are, what their problems are. They wants to figure they basically want to figure out how to fix the problem. What goals they need to get, what goals they think they need to make to order to fix their problem. And us as a professional, we're just there guided them on.
2: Absolutely. Are you lying? So I think when it comes to mental health and finding therapists and really talking to people um, that will really help you, that'll medicate you and try to suppress what you're feeling. Um, I've I've seen that, I've heard, you know, many situations where that's happened, um, and it hasn't helped them, it has only worsened um whatever they were facing, you know, depression, anxiety, um, et cetera. Um, and even for myself, you know, I found myself and I have, you know, I've always been like this, you know, being that person that wants to listen. Um, and not, and not really you know, if somebody needs that time and that space to do that, you know, trying to create that, you know, community and that sense of, like, you know, you can talk about this and it's okay. I didn't necessarily grow up um, kind of with that same kind of atmosphere, but I learned, you know, through my interactions and through just learning myself and, you know, the things I see, you know, in our world. Like, that's just how I wanted to be. um, And I kind of want to change that and kind of shape that for, like, my family um, and for my friends and my community. And um, so I think you know, even when people talk to me today, and even you know the people I work with or my associates, I talk to them. I let them know like these are the resources we offer. Um, you know, this is a, a couple options. And like, if you need anything, like, let me know. Like, I'm always going to be here for that. Um, you know, just to, like to hear you out, um, because you know, like you said, you know, you hate to see you hate to see somebody lose a lot, lose their life. You know, you could have been that one conversation or that one person that could have saved that. Um, so I think it's really important, you know, trying to, if you want to go to a, a therapist or, you know, talk to a social worker, like really finding somebody that's is there to meet you in the middle um, and there to really help you out. And not just somebody that's there to, like, send you, you know, to get you some medication, somebody that's going to, you know, do all this weird stuff and tell you what you want to hear, but somebody that's going to really support you and hear you out when you're talking to them. Um, because this, like, we can really see, like, now more than ever, like, this really matters. Like, you hear NBA play, it's like, Paul George said he was going through depression when they were in the bubble, you know, and they wasn't, you know, they weren't even there for, you know, half a year. So, like, just being in certain spaces and certain times, like, how much that can affect um, people, and especially with everybody being quarantined and not seeing family as much, like, it can really be hard at times. And I'm sure all of us maybe at some point during quarantine, it was like, I miss my family or I wish I can do this or that, like that change of pace in life that was so unexpected can leave you in an unexpected state. So, so mental health is, is very important for me. Um, So I think that's just a priority. Um, It should have, you know, it should have been a priority and I think now it's being prioritized. So, you know, I'm happy, but you know, that is, but you know, that suicide rates have gone up. Um, since quarantine, which I've seen as well. You know, that sucks to hear.
1: Absolutely. And and, um, what people fail to realize is how how serious mental health is and how it can affect you um, health-wise. I mean, a lot of stress can can lead to other things. Stress is a killer, and it can lead to Mm -hmm. other things. That's why we need to... uh, Um, Attack it while it's there And um, if I can read myself For example, I remember um, Some time ago, I went through A great deal of depression And I mean, it was to the point Where I gave up on everything And um, I didn't didn't, honestly I didn't seek therapy I I called my pastor And I'm going to tell you something uh, I called my pastor We talked on the phone for maybe About 20 minutes and um, she prayed over the phone for me And um, To the point where I mean I start to feel again As what my hope and faith Is what got me through that depression There was no therapist there And I'm going to tell you something I didn't sleep for eight days Straight Only thing I did was close my eyes for me About two seconds And I'm going to tell you why I thought that I was going to die If I closed my eyes and go to sleep So I stayed up for eight days straight without any sleep. And I mean, I didn't eat a thing. I think I drank maybe water to get to keep me alive. And I had lost so much weight. That was just a depression stage. And as I began to build my faith and hope up, I began to feel better about myself. It wasn't an easy process, but I got through that situation. So this is why I say to those people who, if you know someone that's going through depression, Make sure that you reach out to them or try to help them as best as you can. There is a very, very serious disease, one that could lead to reckless things. Some people kill themselves. Some people, uh, they just go and they wander off, and their mental capacity never is the same. And, you, and the last thing you want is to get to that limit. So while they're at the beginning stage, help them out. Because, I mean, it's, it's a very serious situation, and it's not fun to be an athlete. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. So, um, again, it's a very serious situation. And I mean, I've helped so many people. And I, and my brothers through the organization, through both organizations, they know they can always call me no matter what time of the night it is. Even though it's late and I make it a separate listen, I write for you to call me whatever time it is. And I could I can could, help you with your situation, and you not call me, and something bad happens. So, I mean, hey, I'm going to get a little grouchy if you call me, but listen, I helped you out, you know, I'm that you call me, hey, you know, if you want me to drive over to where you are and it's better or you want me to call it's fun. I don't care. And I'm I'm that type of individual. You can talk to me about anything. I don't care what it is between us because that's the type of, that's the type of, that's type of individual that you need to be when you're helping those people with those type of mental health situations. Sure. You are still there?
2: Yep. Yep.
1: So um, I'm, I'm not going to keep you guys long. I'm going to wrap this up, man. But um, I, can I have you guys' last thoughts, man, on this whole situation, man, and um, the outcome that you guys would like to see?
0: Um, I'll just say with everybody, just practice self-care. Just practice self-care. Don't get yourself tied up to different um Situations that's going to affect you mentally, physically, and emotionally. If you just need a mental health break, just take that mental health break and just replenish yourself. Because I know right now we are all in an uproar with this whole election. We're all in an uproar about this pandemic. Just find something that you love to do and just try to
2: be able to take care of yourself. Um, I would say for me, and I think I'm a a Christian, so, you know, I don't, everybody has, you know, what they believe in and, you know, but I'm a Christian myself. And I think through quarantine, since COVID happened, especially now, um, the biggest thing I've learned is, you know, really letting God ordain my steps. So whatever power, higher power, you know, you guys, uh, you know, honor and listen to, um, but mine is, you know, uh, Christ, you know, just, you know, letting him ordain my steps and accepting what he has for my life. for so there's things that, you know, we all want to do, things that I want to do, you know, things that, you know, but at this point in time, it's just not what he has for me. So just wanting right. to live through that and really excel through that and just sit in it. Um, because when you try to do other things and try to, you know, do it your way, it seems like it always goes back to square one. Um, and that's what really I found with myself. So I know a lot of people in this time are going through that same thing and that could be from like a job loss, um, a family loss, um, you know, money problems, the election, you know, it, it can be like a plethora of things, you know, health, like just who knows at this time, but like just really trust in that higher power and what they are doing in your life. I think that's the Absolutely. biggest thing. Um, that I kind of want to leave everybody with. Um, you know, hard times don't last forever, which is very true. Um, it might seem like that in a moment, but just know that, you know, that, that time you're going through something is going to prepare you for something that's really coming in your best interest. So really keep your head high, um, even when it feels like, you know, it's just no way that anything can get better. Um, you know, it can sound cliche, but it's just really true, and, and you see it time and time again. So keep your head up practice self-care um and and, and tell the people you love like let them know that because you know people are dropping every day and and it's sad to see um but you just hear so much from celebrities friends family like people across the world it's just so crazy so tell the people you love you know you know hold them accountable and tell them you love them that's that's all for me Absolutely, one more thing uh, uh Johnny, if I could get, get your input on this, man,
1: um, with this whole um, situation uh, with the kids returning back to school man and I understand you you work with children, man uh what are your 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 thoughts man on, on this whole thing with this virtual learning, and for those parents who have uh, multiple kids that they have single parents. Who have multiple kids that they have to do this um, virtual learning with, man, and they're in different grades. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm presuming it's hard, you know, with working with one child at a time, trying to get them virtual learning, man. It, it could be difficult. Yeah, I, and I say
0: at first, it, it, it is a process. It is a process, and I'll explain explain it to you this way. So when schools has got shut down in March. We had started doing remote sessions with the kids, and we was trying to get adjusted to that. And once we got adjusted, me and a couple other therapists in our department, we ended up getting furloughed. So we was furloughed for, like, the rest of the school year and throughout the summer. And we we didn't get hired back until the end of August when school was, was getting ready to start back up. Well, virtual school was getting ready to start back up. So when we got, you know, rehired back and started back working, we had to adjust and transition into the virtual learning pattern. And I think this time, this school year, the teachers here in Pittsburgh, they was more more prepared and more ready because in March, it was just, everything was just, you know, you on your own. You send for yourself, make sure that your kids get what they had to do and everything like that. But now – This time, everybody kind of, like, has their stuff together. The parents are more informed. I don't know how it is with other schools, but I know within my school and within my classroom that I'm under that the parents are informed. They know what's going on. They know that if they need help, they can, you know, reach out to the teachers. If they need particular guidance on a therapeutic aspect, they can, you know, text me or contact me whenever is needed. Um, during the school hours, and then if it's at school, then they could, you know, leave a ves- leave a message and stuff like that for me. But um, with the parents that's out there that are, you know, struggling in terms of, like, virtual learning and things like that, just not, just don't be afraid to ask for help. Even if it's to a point that you have to, um, like, go directly to You know, like a resource center or something like that, just to get the help that's needed. Just um, go, just seek it. And I know it's a struggle too with love because what most parents that have like four or five kids, they gotta make sure that all the kids are getting on the computer, logging in all the time, and then also making sure that they're actually going to work too, because they still gotta work. So it's, it's a it's a difficult kind of you know situation. And also, the moment where people are questioning, oh, that I shouldn't send my child back to school right now because of the whole pandemic. Because some schools within particular cities and states are opening back up. I know here in Pittsburgh, yeah, I know here in Pittsburgh, um, some schools in particular areas are open. P- Pittsburgh Public, they just uh, approved for a certain amount of cohorts to go back to school. So, like, I know my kids, they're going back to school four days a week. So, basically, like, the kids that's, like, listed under, like, um, special ed and, like, more of, like, a needs assistance, they had to come to the school four days, you know, four days a week. And that starts on Monday. And we kind of already got that, you know, got things prepared for that in that aspect. And then the other kids, that are supposed to be returning, they won't return back until January because that vote was put in for, like, the rest of the kids to come back in January. Or if, people, or if parents don't feel as though they, they don't want the kids to return at all, they could just fill out a form and say, well, I don't want my child to, you know, return back to school right now. And that's the thing. The districts and stuff, they had to respect, you know, the parents' wishes and that's things cool. like that. And then on a, another sense, too, It does hurt Um, certain kids. I've noticed it hurts them a lot with this whole pandemic situation because most kids see school as a safe haven. Some kids love to go to school. I know the kids I work with right now, they are right. Most of them, they're ready to come back because they miss the environment. They miss the environment. They miss the interaction with me as a therapist and then the two teachers that are in the classroom with me. And um, they just, you know, just miss that aspect of it. And um, and we kind of, we mainly encourage them, encourage every child when we get on, you know, on our computers and stuff like that and show them love, like if we was there face-to-face. And they, um you know, respond to it well. And the, and the families, they support, you know, support as well. And that just shows the importance of how, care and support plays a part in a child's life because if the family is the more support of the child, then that child can be able to say, okay, I can go to my family because my family supporting me during this time. My school is supporting me during this time, so I'm going to be all right. Or if I need help, I can go to my family or I can talk to the individuals in my school just to get through this. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, and I, mean, thing, I and I'll say this too, and it's a, and I'll say one more thing about it. Everything is, um, it's not like even though we got plans we're certain things, some certain plans don't go the way it is, and it's not our fault. It's no one's fault. Sometimes we just gotta roll with the punches. That's with a child. That's if you have a full set of kids come to you know the virtual classroom and they attend all day. That's fine. If a child that hasn't been in the virtual classroom for like months, which I we actually dealt with that because of not having you know computer access or internet access, we couldn't fault. We can't fault them.
1: Absolutely, man. It's it's so much. Going on with this whole uh, pandemic thing that's causing a lot of issues with all of us, man. Um, um, But I mean, this 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 has to continue, man, and we have to have another discussion about this, man. I I don't keep you guys too long, but man, I I greatly appreciate both of you guys, man. Johnny, man, um, continue to continue to fight the good fight, man. And uh, man, I I, uh, man, I I followed your whole story, man, the whole situation, man. God bless you brother, and now uh, continue to work man with, through out of fight data, man your fraternity man and, and to and with your mental situation man let's, let's continue to save people, man, let's continue to educate um the children man, and can much support brother um Eli, you still there yep, I'm still here Much my, my support to you, brother as well, man, for taking time out man and coming to show man, I appreciate you man, I continue. A uh, good fight, man, with, you know, with the 75 Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, man, and um, continue to help people, man, as many as you can, man. Um, trust me, man, your um, your work will not go unseen, man. Trust and believe that. Um, again, I appreciate both of you guys, man. Any last words, man, anything you guys want to put out there before I let you guys go? Move um, on. If, <laughs>
2: uh, go ahead. You can go first, Eli. I just blue five. That's it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna let people
0: let people know if they want to follow me on Instagram, they can follow me on follow me on Instagram at JG their mastermind. Because what I do on Instagram and on Facebook and LinkedIn is I do JG Mental Health Fridays, in which that actually got launched while I was going through the furlough process. And I was at a moment of saying, what can I do to still help people even though I'm not, you know, not working? And then that's when God launched, you know, the idea to say, just do something on your social media platform. And that's what it ended up doing. I ended up sticking to it to this day, doing JG Mental Health Fridays. So individuals that want to follow me on Instagram, they can follow me on Instagram. Every Friday I do drop videos of particular topics that we all face. And I give coping exercises that we could all do. Just to keep everybody in a positive and healthy state of well-being.
2: Absolutely, uh, I, say, um, I go ahead, Eli. i would say, follow me on Instagram at e dot j a e l o n ten. That is my Instagram. Also, I do make music, um, and I got a podcast I'm working on too. So, follow me for more updates on that. Um, that's just my personal page, and I got, like, an artist page, too. So follow me on Instagram for, for more updates. That's it for me.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate you guys, man, and um, look forward to having you guys back on the show, man, another day, man. I appreciate you guys, man. You guys be blessed, man. You too. Thank you for Thank the
2: you opportunity. There.